Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Do you wish you could find an educational podcast that your kids actually want to listen to and you enjoy too? Well, you're in luck. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math, is a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. We listened to a few episodes, and not only did our daughter want to listen to more next time we're in the car, I found myself chuckling too. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. You're transported to moments in ancient history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. Plus, they do a great job of teaching math theory without it being boring, complicated, or overly childish. And that can't be easy, but it's not really a surprise considering Mysteries About True Histories is from the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted, Brain Games on Nat Geo and Disney+, and Brainchild on Netflix. Episodes drop every Thursday, and since they are about 15 minutes, they are the perfect length for kids ages 6 and up. Turn your next car ride, break time, or bedtime into math time with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show, episode number 12. On today's show, we're talking about how to sell all of the stuff that you declutter as quickly and as easily as possible. Well, hello there. Welcome back to another episode of the Wannabe Minimalist Show. I'm your host, Deanna Yates. Today's topic is one that was requested by several members in my 21-Day Declutter Challenge. They've asked about taking photos for selling things, how to price items, where to sell things, and then how to follow through and actually get rid of items. Some of you might have heard this part of my story before, but for those of you who haven't, back in 2014, my husband and I traveled around Europe for six months with our then one-year-old daughter. We were running a business together back then, which was all online, and realized that we could run it from anywhere with a solid internet connection. So just about the time our daughter turned one, we decided to sell our stuff and travel. Yep, we became those people. When all was said and done, everything we owned fit into one five foot by eight foot storage pod. We donated, tossed, and sold about 90% of what we owned. It felt freeing and liberating, and the $28,000 we made wasn't too shabby either. Yep, that's right. We made $28,000 from selling our stuff. So I know a thing or two about placing ads, selling online, and letting it all go. But before we dive in and talk about my tips and tricks for selling your stuff online, I want to remind you about the Wannabe Minimalist group on Facebook. We're a few days into our 21-day decluttering challenge, so at the time of this recording, there is still time to get in on the action and make progress. Okay, let's get back to the show and dive into how to sell your unwanted items online, quickly and easily, so you can make some money, clean out your home, and enjoy this more minimalist life with your family. First things first, you have to decide what you are selling and where you want to sell it. 
When I cleaned out our home in 2014, I walked around with a notepad and basically listed everything I could see in the room. Remember, I was trying to sell pretty much everything we owned, so this helped me keep track of it. If you're with me on the decluttering challenge, you may be adding new things to your list every day. Or you may have items in your head already that you know need to go. Either way, I recommend writing down the items you want to sell on a list. I have even included a Google Sheet template in the cheat sheet for today's episode so you can keep track of your items easily. You can get a copy of the cheat sheet for today's episode by going to littlegreenbow.com 12. That's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 12. The second step is deciding where you want to sell your items. Most people think of Craigslist or eBay first, but there are several places you can sell your items, both online and offline. Here are my eight favorite places to sell things, why I like them, and the items that sell best on each platform. Stick with me until the end of the show and I will give you my top five tips for how to successfully post your items online and create ads that will get your things sold quickly and easily. First, let's look at the leaders in the online market, starting with Craigslist. Yes, Craigslist has a good portion of the market share online and I use it a lot when I need to sell things. I like Craigslist because it can be easy to post items and there is some anonymity until you decide to actually sell that particular item to somebody. Things that sell best on Craigslist are big items that cannot ship easily. This includes furniture, toys, vehicles, kitchen appliances, and sporting equipment. The next big player in online sales is eBay. Admittingly, I have not sold many things on eBay, but my parents have, and I've helped them with the process. eBay is great because it connects you to a larger audience. While Craigslist is best for your local market, eBay works great no matter where in the world your buyer is. Things that sell best on eBay are collectibles, items that can ship easily, and hobby items like photography equipment. The buyer on eBay is usually looking for something very specific. Another place to sell your items online is through Facebook Marketplaces. The Facebook Marketplace allows you to list your items for free, so that is one of the reasons to use it over eBay. But it's more localized, so depending on your location, it may be better to cast a wider net with eBay. Things that sell best on the Facebook Marketplace are popular goods like electronics, smaller items that are worth less than the cost to ship with eBay, and kids' items. Those parent groups can be crazy active on Facebook. My final place to sell your items online is either swap.com or threadup.com. Both are sites for used clothing, so I'm including them together. Which you choose really will depend on your style. I have heard of people having success with one site, and not the other, and vice versa. These are great because you can send in your clothes and they will handle everything for the sale, taking photos, pricing, and placing the ad. You get paid via PayPal or with store credit, and any items they do not accept or that do not sell can be donated without any additional work on your end. It's pretty great. So those are my top four places to sell used items online and what works best on each platform. But what if you prefer to sell offline or have a lot of items to post? Well, here are my favorite old school places to sell your decluttered items. First is the tried and true garage or yard sale. This is the easiest way to sell a bunch of stuff at once. However, I will never be caught saying that a garage sale is easy, you know, or simple to pull off. 
but they can definitely be worth it. And all of your effort is concentrated on one day. So that might be a great option for you. The downside of a garage sale is that buyers generally want a bargain. Rarely will people pay the highest price at a yard sale, and they often want to negotiate. You might also find that you are not able to have a garage sale in your area. Perhaps it's not allowed by an HOA, or you live in an area where yard sales are not very common. We've lived in several different states, and garage sales are only common in about half of them. The second way you can sell your stuff online is through a consignment shop. The benefit of a consignment shop is that you can unload a lot of your items at once. The downsides can be that not all of your items will be accepted by the shop. You share your profits with the shop, and you have to collect any items that do not sell by a specific date. Oh, and you don't get paid out until the item is actually sold by the shop. Designer clothing and kid stuff tends to do the best in these places, and you can actually do pretty well. The third way to sell your items offline is through a pawn shop. This is similar to a consignment shop in that you can unload a lot of your items at once, but the downsides are similar in that not all of your items will be accepted by the shop. But here's the difference. Once a pawn shop agrees to purchase your items, you get paid cash and you will not be on the hook if the item doesn't sell to the end buyer after that point. For mitigating that risk, you will be paid less than the pawn shop plans to sell the item, just like on that show Pawn Stars. You know, they have to make a profit but you are free from your stuff and you have some cash in your pocket. And the last way I want to look at selling your stuff offline is through used bookstores. Now, of course, as the name suggests, you will only be able to sell your books here, but books tend to be difficult to sell in any other format, either online or offline, unless, of course, you have rare or out-of-print books. Your payout from the used bookstore will either be in cash or in the form of store credit, which is usually a slightly higher payout than cash. The latter option is good if you like to read and you want to purchase more books, but I've often taken the cash um, option myself just because that way it's a done deal. So there you have it. Those are eight places to sell your unwanted and decluttered items. But how do you craft a good ad so that your items sell quickly and for the most money? Don't worry, I've got you covered. Remember, I've sold over $28,000 worth of stuff in a matter of weeks online, so I definitely learned a thing or two about creating great ads and posting them quickly. These are my top five tips for selling your decluttered items quickly and easily online. Regardless of which platform you're using, the number one tip is to find the right listing price. Now, my general rule of thumb is to sell an item for around 50% of the current retail value. To get the current retail value, just go online to Amazon and look up the item you're selling. You can look up what you paid for it, but generally it works best to look up what it's currently being sold for. Even if it costs more at other retailers, I generally try to find the lowest price online and mark down from there. After all, if you were buying an item new, you'd look for the best price, wouldn't you? If someone can buy it new for $50, regardless of where they're buying it from, they are not going to pay you that for your used item. That $50 price tag is the current market price and your gauge for setting your sale price. Does that make sense? All right. Well, and then another factor on that to make my life a little bit easier, I want to try to get that 50% retail value as my end price. So I generally tend to list my used things just above that. So this provides room to negotiate as people often ask for a discount on Craigslist or other online platforms. For example, if the retail price is $50, I will list an item between about $28 or $30. 
Generally, the buyer and I will settle on a $25 sale price, which is 50% of the retail value. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair, and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With EarnIn, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the EarnIn app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with EarnIn, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. So that's tip number one, finding the right listing price. Tip number two is to let go of your emotions. This one can be hard, but your memories and emotional attachment are not why someone is buying your item. They are buying it to make their own memories or to use it in their own lives. Once you've decided to sell something, you must detach your emotions so that you can let the item go and let it be useful to someone else. This also makes it much easier to price the item accordingly. I have generally found that when items are priced too high, it's because there's still a strong emotional attachment to that thing. So take a deep breath, process through those emotions, let go of your emotional attachment to the thing. Remember, your memories and, and all of that fun stuff is in your mind. It's not in that actual thing. And then you'll be able to let go and price the item right so that you can get it sold and move on, all right?
So tip number three is to create an account on your selling platform. Sure, you have to do this on eBay and you can only sell on Facebook with an account, but on Craigslist, you only need an email. However, I highly recommend creating an account because it is one of the best ways to keep track of multiple listings at once. With an account, on the back end, you will have a color-coordinated list of all your items listed for sale, which listings are expired and which listings you have deleted, usually because an item was sold. If a posting expires and the item has not sold, you can easily edit the ad and quickly repost it without having to redo all of it or upload the photos again. This is a huge time saver, especially when you're managing different postings, you've got lots going on, and you just want to keep track of it all. Really, trust me, make sure you create an account on your selling platform. That's tip number three. Tip number four is to batch your posts. I like to cut down on my ad creation by taking photos of several items at once. It just makes it so much easier. You can get good lighting, you can clear out a background space, and you can get into the groove of getting all those shots and angles that you need. I can't tell you when I first started out how many times I would go to post an ad and realize that I didn't get a shot of the, you know, backside of the product or open the, you know, inside of something or... You know, it just was so frustrating. So I started taking them all together and it made it much easier. And then you can upload and resize all of the images in one big batch as well. You know, if you're sending them over from your phone to your computer, you can choose to have medium-sized pictures instead of large pictures. And it just, it's so much easier. And then finally, I'm able to write the ads and post them all at the same time. Batching saves me a ton of time, especially when you're posting a lot to Craigslist or eBay or Facebook all at one time. So that's tip number four. Batch post your ads so that you become more efficient with all of the steps and can get them done quickly. Tip number five is to write great ads. A great ad means the difference between selling an item quickly or having it sit in the corner collecting dust. Remember, there is so much noise online, so you need your ad to stand out. A good ad answers as many questions for the potential customer as possible. You are busy, but remember, so is your customer. The person that wants to buy your stuff, they're busy too. Make it easy for them. Your ad needs to include the five following things. One, the reason you are selling your stuff. Now, this should be a reason highlighting the object and not disparaging it. Don't lie or pretend the product is something it's not, but make the item look desirable to a buyer. Let's look at an example. So let's say we're selling my daughter's dollhouse. I'm going to say, you know, my daughter loved this dollhouse, but she's outgrown it. That gives a reason for letting it go. Not something like, I'm downsizing and getting rid of my clutter. I mean, who wants to knowingly buy clutter? Really, not very many people. So keep it about the object that you are selling and give a a good, clear reason for why you are now letting it go. Perhaps you're moving. That's a really good reason and you don't have enough space for the new place or it just doesn't fit Um, or you've you've upgraded and gotten something else. Those are generally good reasons for selling your items. Your ad also needs to include good descriptions. You want to keep your descriptions short, sweet, and to the point. Highlight the benefits and features and what you like about the item. Now, if you're stuck because chances are you're not a copywriter in real life, 
Go ahead and look at how other people are describing items, like the one that you have for sale. Or use uh, the description copy from Amazon or Google or the original brand's website. Don't just copy it verbatim, but you can use that as an inspiration. Your goal is to make someone interested in what you're selling, right? I mean, nobody wants to buy boring old stuff. Tip number three is to include keywords. When someone is looking for an item online, they will use the search function. You need your items to show up in those searches, and keywords are how to do it. List all the relevant keywords you think someone would use to search for your item. So let's say you're selling a couch. Well, you'll want to use words like couch, sofa, love seat, etc. What are other words people could use to describe a couch or when they're looking for a couch? Then you also want to include the color of the item like tan, beige, cream. Another thing you want to include are brands or styles that are complementary brands too. So let's say your couch is from Crate and Barrel. Well, you'll want to list Crate and Barrel, and then you'll also want to list other brands that people might look for in that same category, like Pottery Barn or CB2 or West Elm. Make sure you don't overdo it, but you never know exactly what keywords someone will use. So it's best to use different variations. Another thing you'll want to include in your ads when you're listing them online are the dimensions of your products. When I first started selling online, half of the questions I received were about dimensions and the size of items. I recommend that you include the dimensions for all of your products in your ad copy. In addition to that little space where they let you put it on the ad platform, Craigslist has some certain boxes where you can put the sizes. This will cut down on your questions immensely because oftentimes people don't look off on the side. They just read through that ad copy. So make sure you put that in there. It cuts down on a lot of the questions that you'll get and it saves you a lot of time in the end. And the final thing you need to include in your ads are great pictures. I'm not talking that you have to be a professional photographer or anything like that, but your items will be judged based on what they look like in the pictures, often more than in the ad copy themselves. So make sure that the lighting is bright, take your pictures during the daytime, the item for sale is not surrounded by a bunch of other clutter, that it's clean, and that the image is not blurry. Not only will people be more inclined to look at your ad, but they will think that you take better care of your items, which translates to more money in your pocket. And one last tip, don't forget to put your best picture first. Remember, first impressions count. And so there you have it. Those are my top tips for selling your used items, both online and offline, and how to create a great ad that will not only get seen, but get your items sold quickly, easily, and at the right price. Don't forget, I created a cheat sheet for you of today's episode so you can have all this information right at your fingertips. You can get it by going to littlegreenbow.com forward slash 12. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com slash the number 12. So to recap, my favorite places to sell online are Craigslist, eBay, Facebook Marketplace, and swap.com or threadup.com. My favorite places to sell offline are either with a garage or yard sale, a consignment shop, a pawn shop, or used bookstores. Then if you decided to sell your stuff online, which I highly recommend, here are my top five tips for selling those decluttered items quickly and easily. They are 
Tip number one, find the right listing price. Generally, that's 50% of the current market value. Number two, let go of your emotions. By emotionally detaching from the item, you can allow somebody else to bring it into their home to create their own memories. Number three is to create an account on your selling platform. This makes it much easier for you to manage your all of your listings, um, upload, delete, change, and make anything that you need to do. Trust me, it's a lifesaver. Number four is to batch post your ads. This lets you get into the groove and be super efficient with all of your tasks, making it easier and making um, so it's more efficient and it's time saving for you. And number five is to write great ads. Remember that your ads should include the reason you are selling your stuff, keep it positive, a good description that is to the point, not too long, but it does sell the benefits and features of a product. The third thing your ads need are relevant keywords placed in there so no matter what somebody is searching or what style or brand they like, they will be able to find your ad as well. The fourth thing your ad needs are to include your dimensions, save yourself time, headache, help out your buyers, and just list those dimensions right in the ad copy as well as in the dedicated spaces on the different ad platforms. And then finally, clear and bright photos. Your photo is your first impression and you want to make sure that you have the best image um, put first and that your images stand out so that somebody will actually in the end pay more for your items. So now it's your turn. Which of these places are you going to sell your decluttered items? I'd love for you to jump over to the Wannabe Minimalist Facebook group and let me know. It's totally free. You can search for us on Facebook. Again, it's the Wannabe Minimalist Facebook group, and I'll be sure to leave a link in the show notes to make it easy, even easier for you to find us. Come on over to the group and share one of the places you are going to sell your stuff so you can get it out of your house and start living the life you dream about. I can't wait to hear from you and help encourage you on your journey toward less stuff and more happiness. So jump on over to the Facebook group and let me know what you're thinking. If you like this episode, I would love it if you would subscribe and leave a comment or rating so others can find this show too. We'll see you back here next week when we'll be in the second week of our 21-day decluttering challenge. We are having so much fun in there and your before and after pictures are amazing. Thanks for helping inspire me and the other community members. If you're not in the group yet, join us. I hope to see you there. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.